Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning and welcome to Thursday, February 22nd. I'm your host, Rose Cress, and today we've pulled Sleeps with Butterflies. This comes from the 2005 album, The Beekeeper, which just turned 19 years old on Tuesday, the 20th. I also want to give a shout out to Mark and Tori because I know they're listening. Happy wedding anniversary to them. It's their 26th wedding anniversary. They got married in 1998. So congratulations to them. They might be giving each other pictures. Pictures of what, you might ask? Maybe it's butterflies. Maybe it's pictures of sleeping with butterflies because pictures is the traditional 26th wedding anniversary gift. So today we're talking about sleeps with butterflies. We'll be talking also about sacred sleep, rest as revolution, and what does sleeping with butterflies actually mean? So again, I mentioned this is one of the tracks from The Beekeeper. This was the first single released. She actually performed this a number of times on live shows and then kind of didn't really perform it on tour much. But, you know, that's kind of how Tori rolls sometimes. She, some songs just don't come out to play when she's playing them live, which I think is interesting. I mean, it may speak to the fact that the label sometimes chooses the single and that Tori did not choose the single. But not always, because for 2007, Big Wheel, that was a single, and boy, she played that a lot. She still plays that a lot. So who knows why some songs come out and why some don't. I got to hear this live at one of those, like, radio programs where, you know, they we got to go to the venue early, and then she performed three songs, and she answered some questions, and it was recorded before a live audience for a radio show. And then that show, like, never aired. It, like, it never showed up. It was the mountain was the radio station. And I know there's a bunch of them, but it just like disappeared, never to be heard of again. But she played Sleeps with Butterflies during that. So that was kind of cool. I did get to hear her play that live way back when. The only time I've ever heard it live. It's a sweet song. I mean, it's, it's about love. Now I was thinking about this. It kind of starts off with like a couple, their parting ways. They had an argument the night before, but like, you know, so she says, are you having regrets about last night? I'm not. As airplanes take you away again, are you flying above where we live? Then I look up, a glare in my eyes. Are you having regrets about last night? I'm not. But I like rivers that rush in, so then I dove in. Is there trouble ahead for you, the acrobat? I won't push you unless you have a net. It's a sweet song in the sense that it's about a couple, it's about love, and maybe they're having disagreements, um, maybe they fall and stumble, and but they always come back together, and that she's not holding on to the tail of your kite, meaning she's not um, pulling him back or holding him back or weighing him down, that it's like, I love you, and I want you to have these expansive experiences, and I want you to go have your expansive experiences, and I know that you having your life and you doing the things that you love when we come back together, as we come back together, that the your experiences build me up. And I think that's what we would want in a relationship, right? That you can have your life together and you do 
do things together and but there are also times where you grow apart and are you making space in your relationships whatever they may be they don't have to be loving you know spouse relationships they can be friendships they can be parent-child relationships but are you making space within those relationships for growth that happens separate from you or are you the person in the relationship that needs to be there at all times through all experiences that feels a sense of loss at somebody else having an experience that you didn't have and in that way it kind of drags the relationship down it creates it creates contention within the relationship this song so on the beekeeper tori put all the songs into different gardens now i have it on very good authority from tori herself because i asked her how come there aren't any b-sides on this album and her response to me was well honey they're all b-sides which i always took to mean that these were like disparate songs and from many different albums i mean we know like martha's fool of ginger started when she was doing pele and she finished it for this album so it says to me that all of these songs were really moving towards different albums and then she put them together on this album and then she kind of grouped them together um, in different gardens because they had different themes so sleeps with butterflies is part of the roses and thorns garden which tori says herself is the about the paradox uh, the a place for union the sacred marriage finding your mirror piece finding your twin flame within and i think that this song really speaks to that sacred marriage finding your mirror piece that part of you that has experiences outside of yourself right so when you come together with somebody in a relationship you've had your own lives but as you come together you complete each other in certain ways so it's a sweet song it's i love songs that are kind of like sweet sounding and then they have like this really dark content to them like those are the songs i really enjoy and this song is a sweet sounding song that has a sweet content to it it's not really one i don't think it's a song with a hidden meaning and she certainly doesn't point to it having a hidden meaning she talks about it in piece by piece writing the chorus after finding places to plant lavender on their property in Cornwall and Mark going off to watch a soccer match and as she walked past the barn and was to look at the gardening book the piano called to her and the chorus came right out so it's born out of like a sunny day in Cornwall a sunny Cornish day which is apparently quite rare and um, so it's born out of something beautiful it's born out of relationship it's born out of you know her husband going off to watch a soccer match a football match I should probably call it the right thing watch a football match on television or maybe he went to see it in person I don't know she doesn't actually pinpoint that but he's going off to do his own thing she's going off to do her own thing even though they came together for a moment and then they part and then we come together and then we part and then we come together and we part I mean this is life we're not together always and all of the time I mean like honestly I can't think of anybody that I would want to be with a hundred percent of the time like I've spent a lot of time and really condensed time with people I love my husband and I have spent you know weeks where we've been you know mere feet apart from each other the whole time I mean lockdowns and so on and so forth and we get along and that's not an issue we also do our own various things while we're together and I've spent weeks on the road with Tory friends where like literally 
weeks on the road. I mean, I think of my beloved Joel, like we literally spent two weeks together. Same hotel rooms, shared beds, sat next to each other in cars, sat next to each other at concerts, ate meals together. I mean, come on. You can spend a lot of time with somebody, but also that we need to go our separate ways and have our own growth moments. So I was also thinking, like, is it sleeps with butterflies? Because, I mean, she says this girl only sleeps with butterflies. So then go on and fly, boy. Is she only sleeping with butterflies because she sleeps with people who kind of cocoon themselves and then um, go through their own metamorphosis and growth patterns? Or is she only sleeping with butterflies? Is that like a metaphor or a a counter metaphor? What do you call a counter metaphor? An anti-metaphor? No, that's not an anti-metaphor. But whatever, a counter metaphor for sleeping with the fishes. (laughs) because that's what it made me like that's initially what I hear is sleeps with the fishes no this girl only sleeps with butterflies and maybe really I mean like he just lay there like a fish right cold and clammy and uninviting and and potentially stinky and no she goes for the butterflies because they've got pretty colors and they transform themselves they were once caterpillars and now they're butterflies and and she likes them in a frame I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I thought. Because Tori, she used to be a mobster, apparently. In my uh, universe, Tori was a mobster at one point. And then she's like, no, no, I'm going to go for the butterflies. I'm going to transform and I'm going to go for the butterflies. But then the practice that came to me when listening to the song was the practice of sacred sleep. In yoga, we call a sacred sleep yoga nidra and yoga nidra not yoga nidra but it's yoga nidra is a meditation practice it's done lying down and you would only do it with a recording unless you're really good at practice you've done and participated in yoga nidra for a long time but usually you only do it with a recording because or someone leading you through it live and i'm not gonna lead you through a yoga nidra you can head to um you know, follow links and such like that to get a YouTube link for Yoga Nidra. I mean, you can do Yoga Nidra with me. There are multiple Yoga Nidras with me on YouTube, but because if I led you through this now, well, this podcast would be 45 minutes long and it's not a driving podcast. And I know a number of you are listening to this while you're driving on your way to work. So Yoga Nidra, it's this beautiful practice of sacred sleep because it's meditation that's done lying down. Now, I love a meditation lying down. I'm one of those people that's really active all the time and moving around. So any chance I get to really be able to rest and lie down feels feels absolutely excellent. It's just that nice rest that I need, my body needs, my mind craves. And yoga nidra is about walking the awareness, is really developing and cultivating the field of awareness to hold our experience and be in a place of observation rather than reactivity. And you'll hear me talk about reactivity quite a bit because reactivity is just our pre-patterned responses to stimuli any stimuli that comes from our past experience. So we learn a strategy to responding to a stimulus and then we just repeat that pattern. So anytime that stimulus comes up, we just repeat that pattern. And that pattern could have been established last month, two years ago. It could also be have be established at the age of two or five or I mean pre-birth you watch your parents establish that pattern and 
we're all just acting out our patterns and our habits and our behaviors over and over and over again. And we're often not even responding to things in this moment. We're responding to the things that happen to us as though they are reminding us of the things that happened to us in the past and when this new situation has nothing to do with what happened in the past. I mean, you can think of numerous examples of this. Maybe somebody says, oh, I like your dress, and you respond to that comment in any number of ways. Maybe you feel uncomfortable when somebody says, I really like that dress on you, because somebody said something similar to you when you were younger, and then they hurt you because of it. Maybe they, you know, I really like that dress on you, but it's my dress, or I really like that dress on you because it makes me feel this way about you, makes me like you, or it makes me dislike you. So when you hear that comment in the future, oh, like if you heard that comment, today unless you've done the work around dissolving that pattern of behavior. When somebody says to you, I like the way that dress looks on you, you go back to that bigger moment in your life when somebody said that to you and you had that response or you cultivated that pattern and then you react from that place. You react from your 13-year-old self or your 8-year-old self or your 20-year-old self. You're not reacting from your today-year-old self. You're acting from that past self. So yoga nidra is about this process of observing things without reacting. And the more we practice observing things without reacting in a controlled space, then when we get into our regular life, we learn how to observe things without reacting. We begin to observe a certain pattern or we observe people or just we observe any momentary thing happening. And instead of reacting from our whatever, however your old self, we observe and then we react from our today your old self or we really respond from our today your old self. So for example, I'm trained as a lifeguard and we practice and practice and practice and practice and practice the same skills. And the reason you practice the same skills is because when it comes time to that moment happening, you want to react from your training, not like, well, do I do this or do I do this or do I do this? It's just, oh, I'm doing this right now. I'm blowing the whistle twice and I'm running and I'm jumping and I'm doing this. So that in a situation like that, reactivity is kind of important because you want to react without a thought process. Then having had to save somebody, that reactivity has been very helpful because I didn't have to think about what I was doing. I just reacted in the moment. And so it's helpful in situations like that where a reaction maybe is life-saving. Doctors are trained in reactions. Nurses are trained in reactions. Um, For better or for worse, police are trained in reactions. EM MTs are trained in reaction. And so in a sense, Yoga Nidra is training us into a reaction of observation as opposed to a reaction that's based on a past self. So that's what Yoga Nidra is. I highly recommend it as a practice. It's done wonders for so many people in reducing reactivity, especially in the world of trauma. It's an amazing technique for trauma and PTSD recovery. And then I wanted to just mention Rest is Revolution. There's a great episode for from Ephraim about the book, um, Sacred Rest. I can't remember the name of the book, but he reads from it and it was very empowering. Maybe it was Rest is Revolution itself. And that 
and I've heard an interview with someone who wrote about rest as revolution, and I couldn't look that up for you because, I mean, it was forever ago. But anyway, there's this sense of, you know, busy is worn as like a badge. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And everybody kind of goes at each other with, you know, like who's busier, who's got more to do. And as though that's some sort of like badge of honor, which one of us has greater bags underneath our eyes and which one of us has slept less than the other. And that makes me, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a sense of self-aggrandizement or maybe self-importance. It does doesn't really matter why we do that. It's kind of trained into us to do that. It may be our, um, you know, U.S., United States of America, puritanical leanings, which is just an undercurrent that really runs through the U.S. society. Maybe you've noticed it. Maybe you haven't. I certainly notice it, but that's one of those things. Gotta keep busy. Idle hands are the devil's playthings. Okay, then. Devil and I must be having some fun, yeah? But so rest is kind of revolutionary in the sense that when we take time out of our day to rest, we take time to step out of that paradigm as busyness is being busy is better. Being busy makes us a better person. Being busy makes us a productive person. And I can tell you firsthand that when you take time to rest, you are more productive during your day than if you just keep pushing, 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 pushing. And maybe I got sick again this time because I have been pushing a little bit. I mean, it's just kind of the nature of of what I've been up to. I mean, I know that what I got sick with, it's been going around and today is um, one uh, first day in five days when it hasn't like been excruciating to swallow. Yay, I had popcorn. <laughs> it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful morning where I could just swallow without the excruciating pain that's been going on literally for five days. And I even took last Friday off. I was like, no, I'm taking Friday off. I had a, a board meeting kind of thing to do, but I took Friday off so that I could just rest. I, it wasn't soon enough. So how do you create little rest stops during your day? For a long time, I used to do a yoga nidra at like 1 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And this was when I lived in Arizona and I had a different schedule. I don't have that same schedule, but I do like to take time during the day to just be quiet and do my own thing. It does happen in the morning. And if I can make it happen in the afternoon when I've gotten home from work, it helps. Also, when I complete a task, like, oh, I'm working at the computer, I did this, I did this, then I like step away from the computer and I go do something different as a means of rest. I stop the work that I'm actively engaged in go do something else that's nourishing in some fashion. Maybe it's listening to music. Maybe it's cleaning because yeah, I do like cleaning and organizing stuff and I'm also a messy person, but it's those moments of rest that really nourish us and you can get things done better and faster when you rest. Now rest as revolution really as a concept is more um, geared that comment is geared towards people of color in the sense that there's a busyness 
woven in and that stopping and stopping the constant work is a revolution in itself. It is a pushback. And I love that thought. And so I do want to recognize that that's where that comes from as well. Anyway, so there you go. That's sleeps with butterfly, sleeps with butterflies instead of sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, a head shake like a dead fish right isn't that the comment sleeps with butterflies so you can listen to a sleeps with butterflies performance also make sure you get some sacred rest some sacred sleep step away from something and go do something nourishing for yourself maybe it's you're in a place where you can step outside today and just enjoy being outside for five or ten minutes without your cell phone without a book to read without listening to anything just five ten minutes to sit outside to observe things or maybe you actually get to do a yoga nidra today so thank you so much for joining us make sure that you follow us on the social songs of tori amos you can also follow me rose cress on instagram and facebook and i will see you all tomorrow for another wonderful and inspiring fan favorite friday thanks so much bye
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.